0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: Just set a goal and just go for it get out of your own head a lot of people get in their head about you know goals they think oh i can't do that and they look at other people i I find that to be the biggest thing when i invite people to come run they're very intimidated by everyone else and in reality everybody starts somewhere if you're serious about it you just gotta get out there and do it
2: hey this is monique welcome to the brown vegan podcast this is episode 89 of the show i hope all is well thank you so much for tuning in And with this podcast, what I love to do is share veganism from a very practical perspective by bringing on guests to share their experiences. I share my own strategies. The goal is just to help you go vegan and to keep going vegan. So yes, this is the first episode after Thanksgiving. I hope that you had a great holiday. This is also the time of year that I feel like a lot of us are reflecting on, you know, how the year went and what our goals are for the next year. And just quickly, I just want to share some of, I guess, my themes for 2019 that I want to start to work on. And the reason I want to share it out loud is because it forces me to actually make sure that it gets done. It's like a form of, I guess, accountability, because I know y'all going to call me out on in my Instagram DMs if I don't get it done. So um, uh, this year, I feel like I had a lot of ups and downs. But I will say that the second part of the year was actually better than the first half of the year. So um, I do feel like I'm going into 2019 with, you know, more clarity about what I want to do with my business as far as the podcast and YouTube and just, you know, social media and um, getting off of the internet and doing more things in person. So I do feel like a lot of that has changed for the better. So the first theme that I have is that 2019 will be my year of celebration, So what does a year of celebration mean for me? And that means that when I'm invited to events or opportunities that are personal as well as business, that I'm going to be more open to accepting those invitations because I am terrible about actually going places. It's so easy for me to just stay in the house and only leave when I have to leave, meaning to go grocery shopping or to get my kids or something like <laughs> I'm so bad at that. And so I'm forcing myself to get out of the house. I'm nervous but still excited for all of the amazing opportunities that will come from it as far as connections and relationships that I will be able to gain by actually just putting myself out there and not really being afraid. The second theme that I have as far as for my new year is delegation. And this is something that I've actually started already and this is just getting help because There's no way in hell that I can be as great as I want to be by myself. Um, I am somebody who wants to be on multiple platforms, you know, YouTube, the podcast, Instagram. I want to share on a newsletter and there's no way that I'm going to be able to do that by myself because I've tried it and failed multiple times. And so I have already started outsourcing some help behind the scenes to help me be great so that I can show up even when I don't feel like showing up because I have the accountability for that. So yeah, those are the only two themes that I have for 2019. I call them themes instead of goals when I have that, cause it just kind of feels a little better to me personally. Cause the goals, I feel like it's just something that you <laughs> so overuse it. It's something that you could just ignore. But yeah, the theme of delegation and the theme of celebration. So yeah, anyway, on this episode of the show, I have Grace on here. I was able to connect with Grace through Chelsea, who was on episode 79 of the podcast. And I'm just so glad that she connected us. We all live in a DC area. So it's just great to be able to connect with local vegans. It kind of goes with my theme that I was talking about as far as a year celebration and just putting myself out there to connect with people on a very, very genuine way. So Grace and I talked about her journey as far as why she started a vegan lifestyle as more of a preventative thing. We also talked about her being vegan in the military and how that looked when she was deployed, how it looks now for her and her lifestyle. We talked about vegan running, like her diet around that, how to start running if you're somebody who's interested in that. We also chat about intermittent fasting. That's something that she practices. It's very practical for her. And also we chat about being a social vegan as far as in restaurants, around her family, and when she's dating. So make sure you follow Grace on Instagram. She's most active there. Her Instagram is naturalgracedaily. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into Grace's vegan story.
1: I started uh, my vegan journey about three years ago getting ready to turn 30. And, you know, that was a time for me where I was kind of reflecting and just kind of planning ahead my life goals and things like that. And one thing that really stood out to me was like my health, uh, because a lot of my peers, a lot of my family members deal with a lot of different sicknesses and things. Just looking at the common denominator in it all. It was always food related. Not always, but a lot of it, I felt like it was food related. We have, you know, your diabetes, high blood pressure, hypertension, cancers, things like that. And so I just wanted to take a uh, preventative measure, like what can I do to keep myself healthy and try to avoid doing certain things getting certain things. I'm a Southern girl and my family, you know, the fried foods, eat a lot of uh, meat, you know, the pork, all that kind of stuff. So um, I was like, okay, what can I do? I I can cut out, you know, this, I can cut out that. I don't need to have meat. I don't need to have dairy. And I was never really big on red meat, even as a kid. Mm -hmm. I was more of like the chicken and fish uh, person. So um, cutting out meat was actually really easy for me. But when I started looking at like breast cancer and things, which is something that, you know, both sides of my family has dealt with, I started researching and found out that dairy, you know, there's been research done that shows that dairy can trigger that in women. And I was like, wow. And I did drink a lot of milk and I was eating a lot of cheese and things like that. And I was lactose intolerant. I just dealt with it. Mm -hmm. It was one of those things where like, "Uh, I know if I eat this, this is going to happen. I'm cool with that. But um, I realized like, yo, you got to listen to your body. And if your body is reacting negatively to something, then you probably shouldn't have it. So... I cut out the dairy and it was just a slow transition for me. And I started realizing after I cut those things out I felt better. I you know, I didn't have to worry about okay, I can't eat this, I can't eat that. Like my body just reacted to it really, really well. And so then I would try to go back and like drink milk or something and saw like what it did to my stomach. And I was like, Okay, yeah, I'm I'm good. I can cut this stuff out and, and be fine. I'd rather I rather feel good always and I have to Think about what I'm eating, right. or what it's gonna do.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. I think that's a really good point about the, like um, being proactive about it because I know I notice that that's a theme on the podcast that people um, say that they're looking around at their friends and family and they're just like, I don't, I don't want to have my health like that. So, yeah. But let's talk about like that shift though, because sometimes that's not. You know how if it's not you, like if you're not the person that's dealing with the health crisis, you're mm-hmm. just not really, you know, it's just like, what? Well, you know, that's just them. So how do you get into that mindset of uh, looking at it from like a preventative perspective, like so that you can um, so that you can, you know, have a long term life and enjoy your Honestly, life?
1: Honestly, for me, it was seeing that, like, people my age, you know, a lot of things comes with old age, and you see, like, your aunties and grandparents and things dealing with stuff. But when I start seeing, like, people my age, women my age dealing with breast cancer or young people having uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, all those things, like, that's me right now. Mm. I'm like, that could happen to me right now, yeah. not when I get older. So... That was, I think, seeing people within my age bracket deal with things is what kind of helps me with the whole preventative mindset. Because I'm like, this could happen to me tomorrow. This could happen to me in the next five years. It's not just older people.
2: That's true. Because you did say you just you had just turned thirty. So yeah, yeah. At that point. Yeah, that's a really really good point. That's <laughs> man. That is. It's crazy how how it's happening. Like um you know, how people are just dying a lot younger,
1: younger and younger. Yes. Yeah, it's, um. you know, I have a my brother, you know, he's younger than me. And he has, he deals with, you know, his blood pressure, hypertension type situation. And, you know, we're close in age. So it's not just older people. Now it's happening much younger. And, you know, both sides of my family, people say, Oh, this runs in our family, this runs in our family. But Things that are directly related to diet, it's just the diet habits. Our dietary habits are practices running our family, not necessarily that disease. Like you don't have to, oh, I know I'm gonna get this because it runs in my family. If you change up your habits, then you know you don't have to deal with those those things. Nothing is preventable 100, percent but you can. I just wanted to take some of those elements out of my life where I'm not just like accepting the fact that I'm this is going to happen to me because it happened to my mom and it happened to my grandma and my uncles. I think that's kind of a hard thing for people to get out of. Sometimes they're like brainwashed into thinking that we have to accept these things because it happened to our family members.
2: So for you, because you were talking about the dairy. And so you said as you slowly eliminated did you well you sl- you slowly got rid of the dairy did yeah. you replace it with any of the substitutes or did you did. just get rid of it uh huh
1: So what I did was with milk I just switched to almond milk you know just non-dairy milks I love milk, and I will say it doesn't taste the same. I am one of the weirdos who actually like the taste of milk. I know a lot of people don't.
2: I did, but too, I, though, growing up, though. Yeah, I did. I, I loved enjoyed. a cup of glass of milk. My mom thought I was weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, and people are like, ew, milk is gross. But I love the taste of milk, especially with certain things like cereal, Oreo cookies. Yeah, I don't get that same fulfillment with mm-hmm. almond milk. Because
2: the, the cookies doesn't get the same. The sogginess isn't the same. Right. It's just, <laughs> it's just a, di- a whole
1: different, you know, <laughs> different taste so I, what I did was I did, uh, you know, just switch out my, my milk for almond milk. And for most recipes and things, I don't notice a difference. So I don't really eat cereal anymore because it doesn't taste the same. The cheese situation, uh-huh. I could not, I, I can't get with the, the mock cheese. It It's very rare that... Uh, I can, usually if I go to a restaurant and have like a vegan pizza and they use a vegan cheese, sometimes it's okay, but I have not personally. I just don't like it. I do make like the nut cheeses when I make like, uh, say like a vegan lasagna or something and it calls for a, uh, like a cashew cheese. Mm -hmm. That is pretty good. Like I like that. But the cheese, like the cheese that you go out and buy in the block, um, I just,
0: I I haven't found
1: one. I've tried Daya. Um, I've tried a couple of others, and it just doesn't give me that that's and it's heavily processed too. And that was another thing. A lot of the mock meats and cheeses and things like that, like it it's very processed and my stomach still reacts weird to it.
2: Mm. so I you're still because I know we when we talked before, you said that you like um you're more so of like plant-based whole ingredients that's yeah that's your yeah. lane. that's where I am now. I,
1: I didn't start off that way,
2: uh-huh. but Further along,
1: I got like I try to make sure my food is whole food. Majority of my meals are whole food. I I try not to mess with the uh, the heavily processed fake uh, foods. Whenever my stomach reacts in a weird way, I know it's like an intolerance of some sort. And I find when I have processed, heavily processed things and fake uh, meats and things like that, my stomach doesn't react very well to it. So I feel like I'm not supposed to have it. I do treat myself, you know, and do it here and there, but my day to day is very plant based, whole food.
2: Okay. So what's an example of uh, a meal that you would eat a day? It can be any meal. What's a good example for you?
1: So uh, I love one of my biggest things is veggie burgers. So I make bean burgers all the time. And there's so many different ways to go about it. But the base of it is usually like uh, black beans, mushrooms, quinoa. That's usually like the meat of it. And then I'll add in like a jalapeno pepper because I love flavor. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not one of those vegans who could just eat, you know, just like raw vegetables and fruits all the time. I do genuinely enjoy the flavor of food. So I'm real big on spices and herbs and things like that. And I just flavor, make sure I use a lot of seasoning and herbs to like flavor my burgers.
2: Mm -hmm. But I'll
1: do that with, I love Brussels sprouts. I probably eat, I go through so many Brussels sprouts (laughs) (laughs) through the week. I roast them. Yes. Um, sweet I potato, eat a lot of sweet potatoes, a lot of like veggie rice, stir fries, things like that. So that's usually, I kind of eat the same stuff all the time. And on the weekends, I'll try to like dabble into a new recipe.
2: So one of the reasons, of course, I wanted you on the show is to talk about your running. How does your meal planning and just like consumption change on the days when you're running a lot? Because I know you love to run, so.
1: Yeah, so it, it's weird. I'm not like an intuitive eater. I don't really feel follow a um a strict plan I eat when I'm hungry and uh I I do intermittent fast though so I do have like a window within the day that I eat but within that window I just eat and make sure I'm getting enough I know when I'm getting enough calories because I'm not hungry so when I'm running doing like really long distances I do tend to eat more carbs just to kind of have a little more energy, mm-hmm. but my diet doesn't really change much. Just from the running. When, when you say yeah.
2: well, so, what's what's your um process? What does it look like for your intermittent? I mean intermittent fasting. What does that yeah. look like for you? Like, what are your windows of eating and not eating?
1: Okay, so generally, um, I normally Monday through Friday I start eating around noon. So I'll do black coffee in the morning, like first first thing in the morning. And that usually keeps the cravings away. But mm-hmm. the further along I got into intermittent fasting, like I'm not really that hungry first thing in the morning. So if I start at 12, then I'm going to eat my last meal by 8 p.m. at the absolute latest.
2: That's but not if too I'm, bad. I like your window. Because when I sometimes I look at it, I'm watching like videos on people on YouTube and they their windows are so short. I'm like, I know.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that it depends one. on what they're doing. A lot of people, uh, I know people who bodybuild and compete and things like that. So they're trying to ha- you know, be in a caloric deficit and things like that. So their windows change depending on what they're doing. But for me, I do it just to have your my body and my digestive system on a cycle and so I don't want and when you're constantly eating your body is constantly processing all the time and so I prefer to stop eating and get up in the mornings and work out you know on an empty stomach and kind of it just makes me feel better
2: so you're drinking a lot of water what are you are you drinking anything Love, besides yeah, I coffee? Drink, mm-hmm.
1: I, yeah so I drink a gallon of water a day like minimum Duh. um I drink tea and coffee so mm. if I'm in my fasting period, then I'll just drink tea or coffee and that usually holds me over. Yeah. And so is your first meal usually really light? No, that's probably my big, <laughs> my bigger of the meal, okay. especially if I worked out. Now, if I don't work out, um, then, you know, it may not be that big of a meal. It just depends. Like I said, it's on my, I'm intuitive. So if I'm really hungry, I'll eat more. If I'm not that hungry, I'll eat less. Yeah, it just all depends on what I did that morning. Find myself being really hungry when I work out. If I had a run or something, then that first meal that I have, I'm gonna eat more because my body's like it's burned off those calories that
2: I had from the day before. Right. So it's Like, you
1: know, feed me, feed me. Yeah.
2: Eight o'clock. So that means um, we can't ever go out for like drinks or anything. I mean, no. So I do that
1: <laughs> Monday. I do that Monday through Friday. I do like on the weekends, and I'll deviate from it. If I need to for, like, a special event, like, I'm not, like, super strict. It's just a a pattern that I like, Mm -hmm. so I just deviate from it, especially on the weekends if there's, like, uh, stuff going on or if I'm traveling. I know when I go home a lot, you know, I have to kind of deviate a little bit just because, you know, I'm at home with family and I'm doing a bunch of different things. But this is just, like, a normal day-to-day for me. Okay. I'm not, like, you know, like, I have to do this or... My life is over. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: that's good. So it's just like practical and it feels yeah. good to you. So that's, and that that's,
1: feels good to me. So just a normal work week, that's what I'm doing. But if, you know, I have other stuff going on, then I can't deviate from it.
2: So Grace, you have to tell us, what do you recommend for someone who is thinking about running more? Are you more of a long distance runner? Like How, how does that look for you as far as your, your practice of running? And what tips okay. do you have for somebody who wants to start that? And somebody is me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so
1: definitely just, first of all, you just have to be willing to do it. Just say you're going to do it and get out and not worry about comparing yourself to other people. I think a lot of times people think runner and they think these like crazy long distances. When in reality, if you run just a half a mile, you're a runner. You know, if you run a quarter of a mile, you're a runner. Just the fact that you're getting out there and wanting to run makes you a runner. So just start off small. Give yourself a goal. It's like, okay, I want to run, you know, a mile. Get out and try to run that mile. Walk if you have to, that's fine. You can't just, like, jump into it. You have to ease yourself into it. So if you have to stop and walk a little bit, then that's fine. But kind of, like, set a goal for yourself. Say there's a race coming up. You want to do, like, a 5K in a few months. Use that as your goal. I want to get to this 5K. So this week, I'm going to, you know, run a half a mile. then once you get comfortable with that, then run a mile. Then once you get comfortable with that, run a mile and a half. So I think setting a goal is very, very important to start out. And then having a a partner or a crew that you run with. DC is amazing uh, for that. That's kind of how I got started running, was running with a run crew. Having a bunch of people running with you is very, very motivating. Um, they, I run with the District Running Collective, and I mean, I have run so many races that I never would have done on my own if it wasn't for me, you know, running with them. So I think that's a, a great, great motivator to get out there and get miles in as well. But uh, just run your own race. Don't compare yourself to other people. Set your own pace. Set your own goals. And uh, you'll be fine. Accountability partners, having that one person you check in with, you know, like, hey, I ran my miles today. I do that. I have a really good friend and we check in with each other all the time when we have, you know, goals that we're trying to set and make sure we stick to our our plan. Mm
2: -hmm. How how often do you usually run each week? How many times? When I have a race coming up,
1: I'm going to run about three to four times a week at least, sometimes more. Um, Just depends on what the race is, how far it is kind of how I gauge so right now I'm training for I'm doing a uh, a marathon relay not a full marathon but I'm on a team of four people and we all have uh, a certain distance that we have to run mm-hmm. to complete the 26 miles as a team so right now I'm running you know anywhere from three to five miles like four times a week
2: yeah that's not bad at all but, I mean it doesn't it's sound not. as bad Is what I was thinking. I'm thinking you're out there for two hours and you just running and running.
1: (laughs) So now if I'm running, if I'm training for like a half marathon, for example, then my miles are going to I'm going to be running longer distances. Right. So it just really depends on what race I have coming up. That'll determine like how many miles I'm running.
2: So what about the people who don't have an accountability partner? How do you keep it? Interesting though, because I know for myself, I like to go for walks. I used to actually run track back in the day, but I like to go for walks to just get like fresh air, you know, some circulation, all that good stuff. But um, I noticed sometimes I'm not as enthused to walk because I'm walking like the same routine, (laughs) my same path. Yeah. How do you keep it interesting? Uh-huh. You have to
1: have to change it up. And lucky for me, I'm in D.C., in the D.C. area. So there's just so many beautiful places to to run. But you definitely have to change up your routine and your for your body. You shouldn't be doing the exact same thing, yeah. walking the exact same route, like change up your hills and your incline and, you know, make things different because you get at a plateau and you just stay there. Mm-hmm. So you really need to, like, challenge yourself and change things up. But I think using um, apps, so you have, you know, the Nike Plus app, you have Map My Run. There's a lot of different apps out there where you can, like, set your goals and your training plan in there. And it'll tell you every day, like, what you need to do to oh, that's get there. helpful.
2: Yeah. Do you, yeah. outside of the apps, is there anything like a special equipment or shoes or anything that you feel like make a difference? Or...
1: Um, so right now I use Map My Run and Map My Run. Is connected to my shoes Whoa, that's so yeah. yeah so I don't necessarily have to have my phone on me you know to for it to track my miles which is cool and I believe Nike does the same thing um, but honestly you really don't need any special equipment as long as you have a cell phone it uses your GPS you know to track you mm-hmm. and that's really all you need you don't have to go out and like buy all of these things like Fitbit and everything uh, to, to get started yeah you, you don't have to it's nice to have but it's not a necessity
2: Yeah. Are you partial to any of the brands as far as like the, the workout gear?
1: So for me and my body type,
2: um, I find that
1: as far as like leggings and things for me, I really, really like the Victoria's secret, uh, leggings because they cinch in at the waist and they don't drop down. Some of the other brands, um, when I start running, they like my leggings will slide down. But as far as tops, and just the, aesthetically, the way they look, Nike is one of my favorite uh, brands as far as um, tops and how they're made and like the hoodies and things like that. Like all the brands have certain things about them that I like. It just depends on what I'm buying. You know, for curvy girls, you know, is leggings, finding leggings and pants and things that like work for you. And For me so far, Victoria's Secret, their leggings have been just top-notch. They have, like, the pockets on the side where you can, like, put your keys in your wallet or anything. But they're not, like, distracting, you know? They're very slim, you know, fit to the body, and it has a nice waistband where it'll stay up while you're moving, where either you're, like, running or you're doing squats or no matter what, like, your pants are going to stay there. So that's, like, usually my biggest was the hardest thing for me to find was just like bottoms that worked for my body.
2: Without the sliding. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just set a goal and just go for it. Get out of your own head. A lot of people get in their head about, you know, goals. They think, Oh, I can't do that. And they look at other people. I, I find that to be the biggest thing. When I invite people to come run, they're very intimidated by everyone else. And in reality, everybody
2: starts somewhere.
1: You know, mm-hmm. so if you really if you're serious about it, you just got to get out there and do it.
2: I see people like running early mornings uh, near Rock Creek Park. And I'm like, yeah, Man. that's the best time for me right now. It's just so dark in the mornings.
1: Yeah. They but, be out
2: there, though. And I just be yeah. like, so, sometimes I'm nervous for the women. I'm like, why are you running in the woods in the dark, girl? Yeah, <laughs> what that, are you doing?
1: I have an article I just published on a, a blog, and it's all about safety, women and running and things like that. Because, yeah, there there's some risky it, – it's sad that we have to think about these kind of things and that we just can't go out and run and be comfortable. Yeah. But there are some measures you can take to keep yourself safe if you're running you know, by yourself. And I do not advise anyone to run in wood areas in the dark, like <laughs> anybody, male, female doesn't matter. You know, you have to keep yourself safe and in a open area so you can be seen if mm. you know something happens to you. I, I don't do that. I try to stay on like main roads and things, and I kind of look for when the time goes back that it's sunnier earlier in the morning.
2: You can get it in, get it out of way.
1: It's almost like drinking coffee for me. Like if I can get a good run in before work, like it kind of, you know, it wakes me up and my day goes a lot better.
2: So I know that sparkling water, infused waters, all of those are so popular these days, but I have to tell you up until this point, I have not been too interested in them. All of the brands that I've tried in the past, I feel like they have an aftertaste. They feel really heavy on my stomach. I feel bloated. I just haven't liked any of them. So when Hint reached out for this episode of the podcast to work with me, I have to tell you that I was just really skeptical. I'm like, "Uh, I don't know if I want to try it. So what I did is before agreeing to work with them, I went to the store and purchased their products on my own just to make sure it was something that was worth telling you about. And I'm so glad that I did. I really love their sparkling and infused waters. They are amazing. I love that Hint offers not only sparkling water, but they also offer infused water. So all of their products, it's tastier, they're easier, they're convenient, you know, you can just toss it in your bag and take it and make sure that you get your water throughout the day. I give it to my teenagers to take to school because it's so hard for me to get them to drink water (laughs) and they want to drink soda. So it's great to have like this somewhat sweet treat for them that doesn't have any sugar. It doesn't have any of the preservatives or the sweeteners, no calories, just a great way for them to get some infused water with the fruit essentials. I think this is perfect for you if you're someone who is looking for um, convenient water on a go and you don't really want the same boring water. I like boring water, but this is a great way to like kind of jazz things up so that you'll drink it on a more consistent basis, especially on the go. It's also perfect if you're someone who is trying to get rid of your love of soda and you really want that treat, that like carbonated treat, but you don't want uh, the sugar and the calories and all of the nonsense that goes along with drinking soda. This is a better alternative for you. My favorite is the watermelon sparkling water. It's just great to sip on and it's great in a cocktail. My kids like drinking the blackberry and the pomegranate ones and those are the infused waters. So the cool thing about them is you can buy individual flavors, variety packs, or you can join the flavor of the month club and try a new flavor every single month. As a listener to this show, I have a special offer for you. You can receive 36 bottles for $36, which is 40% off of the regular price by going to drinkhint.com slash brownvegan and using promo code brownvegan. So that is drinkhint, H-I-N-T dot com slash brownvegan. Promo code Brown Vegan. Take advantage of this special offer, and be sure to let me know what you think when you get your bottles. You mentioned like getting your run in before you go to work, so let's talk about work because I want to know how is it being vegan in the military. I know that um, you've been yes. in for, <laughs> for several years, and you've been stationed. Um in other parts of the world. So I wanna know like share how that looked for you as far as um I don't know, where you wherever you want to begin in that story. Tell us how it's been Okay. Yeah.
1: So it's it's funny when I first joined so I've been in the military about ten years now. A little almost eleven years. Mm-hmm. And so when I first joined, I actually went through a vegetarian phase. So right when I enlisted I was vegetarian. I wasn't eating any meat at all. And so I went to basic training and that went out the window because You get like three minutes to eat and you don't have time to say, oh, I want this. I want that. Like you're going down this line and they're putting stuff on your tray and you have to scarf it down and get out. So that part was was difficult. I'm pretty sure, though, you know, that was like 11 years ago. So now with all of the people coming out as vegan and things like they they can't make you do that. So I'm sure things have changed now where if you have a dietary restriction, they probably have a different setup. But I'm not sure. But other than that, it's been um, only time I really have an issue because I live like a normal person. I don't live on a base. You know, I just drive to work every day so I can meal prep and cook my own food. I don't have to eat one particular thing. But when I deployed last year, that was very challenging because I was in a place where we had a, a, a dining facility. But so I couldn't cook and I just had to get what I was given, what was available and uh, they had fruits and vegetables, but the fruits and vegetables were bought in from, you know, different parts of the world. They were either not ripe or tasted funny. Mm. So I actually gained weight on my deployment because I was eating a lot of uh, carbs. I was eating a lot of bread, a lot of pasta, a lot of processed, you know, foods. I was ordering sna- I was snacking a lot, eating potato chips and things like that. And it was very, very rough because I couldn't cook. I love to cook. I love having, you know, my meals the way I want them. And so having to rely on the dining facility to get my food was, was very challenging.
2: How and long I, did actually, that last? Uh-huh.
1: I, I was there for about six months, a little yeah. over six months. And I actually had a moment where I just got tired of eating, you know, the stuff that they had. So I'm like, okay, maybe I should do, like, try doing like a vegetable omelet, you know, just to change it up. And so I ate, you know, an omelet, with eggs and vegetables and i got really really sick mm. i got it was like instant pain in my stomach and i don't know if it was mental or what but yeah it was like it was bad and i you know threw up and everything so I was like, okay yep that's not gonna fly that was probably the most challenging time for me just being in a, a third world country and not being able to cook my own food because you ask them what's in the food but it it's uh the locals there were making the food so you can say you know they may not understand what vegan means or, you know, I ask, hey, is this vegan? And they're like, oh, and then I have to specifically say, does it have eggs in it? Does it have milk in it? And so I even here, I found that you have to explicitly say, you can't just say vegan because people relate vegan and vegetarian yeah, together a mm-hmm. lot. You know, so you just have to specifically ask for the ingredients. So That, that is so oh.
2: true. Right. I, I learned that way back when I first started. I felt the same way. I was like, OK, you have to be you, like you said, you have to say, is is there milk in here? Is there you butter to, in here? Is there butter? Be-
1: is there... Um,
2: Beef broth? Uh, what type of broth, broth is in here? So
1: I recently had an instance where I thought something was vegan and it was like a rice dish and uh, found out that, yeah, it's it's uh, chicken broth or something was used to, to make it. And I don't think... I mean, me personally, I just don't think broth for rice. But yeah, it...
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I just, you have to ask why in the world see that's a, that's an example of you know that is no reason why this shouldn't be vegan why did you have to do chicken broth <laughs> yeah.
1: but if you're you know if you're not vegan and that's not your life then you know the, the chicken flavoring you know it's, it's a good for them it's yeah. it's yeah it's good for them so yeah even now you know I still mess up I still have instances where you know I find out I was eating something that wasn't vegan so you really have to ask the questions yeah.
2: I I mean, I've had that happen to me, too. It's just it's easy. And it's I think really we just have too. to let it go. Let just move on from it.
1: And I'm not a, And this is the thing. I'm not an ethical vegan. And I think that makes a difference. So I don't I did, uh, you know, change for my health as a preventative thing, whereas someone, you know, who's an ethical vegan. And you know it's about you know the animals and everything. Then for them, it could they could probably take it a lot harder if they mess up than mm. you know for me. Um, I'm getting there though. I I can say being on this journey has opened my eyes to the ethical side of it, and I appreciate the fact that I'm not contributing to the harm of animals and and things like that. But yeah, if I mess up, it's not the end of the world. You know, I just I keep it moving mm. and do better.
2: <laughs> <laughs> as it should be, right? Have some yeah. grace. Grace has some grace. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> how has that been for you socially being vegan? We know the military hasn't been too as bad because you're back at home now and you have your own you have access to your own kitchen. But what about socially? Like, what does your friends and family think of this transition? And like, how do you handle, I guess, dating and all of that good stuff being vegan?
1: Yeah. So socially, um, I find the mo- probably the most awkward and difficult is just going back home, going home to St. Louis. That's where I'm from. Because my family, they just don't get it. And they're very, they're in a very old school mind frame, you know, that I need, like my mom is convinced that I need dairy, and that I have to have, you know, meat, that it's healthy. And so it's a constant uh, back and forth. And I have my facts, you know, we talk about things. And sometimes she tells me, you know, I'm right. And she actually has cut back on her meat consumption, which, you know, that makes me very happy, but, um, just going home because I have to go to the store when I go home and I have to buy my own food and I have to cook. And my mom is like hovering over my shoulder. Like, why don't you put this in it? Why don't you put that in it? Is that, is that how you cook that? So (laughs) that gets a a bit uh, awkward and, you know, Sunday dinner, huge, huge at my house and I, I can't have anything. I really can't have anything because everything is, is just saturated with butter and meat. My mom uses meat. As most Southern uh, families do, they use meat to uh, flavor all of vegetables, the vegetables, yeah. from your green beans to the, you know, collard green, to everything. It has, you know, pork or whatever in it. So that part can be a little difficult, but I'm um, very used to it now, and it's each time I go home, it gets a little easier. Like she made, for example, my mom made me my own little pot of uh, black eyed peas without the ham chunks in it. And I Mm -hmm. thought that was huge. That sounds small, but that was huge for me. No, that is dope. Yes. I was like, oh, (laughs) mom. Like she said, I know how you are. So I think, you know, you just stick to your guns and, you know, tell your family, you know, why you're doing it. Eventually, you know, they'll come around. They still mess with me, but it gets a little easier when I go home. Now, as far as my friends, it's been very easy and, you know, my close friends, I don't have too many friends that I hang out with all the time, but majority of my friends that I hang out with, uh, they know by diet restrictions and everything. And so if they pick a place, a lot of them look first. If they want to go somewhere to eat, they'll look at the menu and be like, oh, okay. Yeah, we can't go here because they don't have anything. And I think that's really dope. Do that for me. Um, being in DC, we're spoiled. Most uh, places have vegan options. Even if it's not a vegan restaurant, they have something that you can have. That's so um, my experience here has been, you know, great with it for the most part. And I've had situations where they didn't have anything on the menu and I can talk to the, the waiter and let them know. And they're like, OK, let me see what you can do. Well, let me see what I can do for you. And sometimes they can put something together, you know, for you, and, which is really, really cool. So my friends have been great. They they make fun of me sometimes, but they
2: also admire
1: it too. And they're like, "Man, I wish I could do that." And so, yeah, it's it's
2: been cool. What about dating, though? Have you have you uh, started? I don't know. I don't even yeah. know your relationship status. If you yeah, say dating. yeah. So, <laughs> but, so dating is is pretty
1: is, is easy. I haven't run into any issues with my diet. I've been able to. I cook my own food, and then. I can cook for that person. Because I still, I like to cook. And so, with the whole relationship aspect of it, I haven't run into any hiccups, hiccups yet with yes. that. Really? Yeah. That's easy. It, it's not. you. People think it, but honestly, it's really not. I can date somebody who eats meat. It's not a deal breaker for me if I'm dating someone who eats meat. Because I feel like I can't force that on someone. I yeah. did it on my own. Yeah, no, I I did that on my own. And so... I can't, I wouldn't expect someone to like, I'm not going to date you because you eat meat. If that's not their journey, you know, that's not something that they want to do. And if someone didn't want to date me because I didn't eat meat, then I would be fine. And that, <laughs> that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't meant to be, you know, so mm-hmm. I just don't want to force that on someone. Um, if they want to, that's awesome. If they want to like try some of my food, that's awesome. You know, and, and hopefully they come around for health purposes. Like I would ultimately like to end up with someone kind of in line with me that aspect just for the health I want a healthy family
2: <laughs> right of course and then not only that but it's just I think when people limit themselves like that it has to be somebody that's vegan or plant-based I think you just I don't know you live your, whole your, your pool. dating pool because know. Yeah, and
1: if it's the right person they'll admire you know what you're doing and you may inspire them yep. you know like if they see you doing it and seeing it works for you I think when you're with the right person it'll inspire them to make some healthy changes, maybe not cut out meat entirely. But I'm pretty sure if you're with someone who's in line with you, then they're gonna want to support you. And
2: uh, if the food's good, they're gonna eat it. That's a, yeah. that's the bottom line. <laughs> oh, bottom line.
1: You have to be able to throw down in the kitchen and like, like, hey, try this. And it was like, Oh, okay, yeah, I can do this.
2: But yeah, I'm not gonna
1: just like cut people off, though, if they they eat meat. That's not I don't think that's fair.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, before we wrap up, Grace, um, is there any last minute tips you want to give us? And also um, let us know how we can come hang out with you on social media.
1: Okay, yeah. So I think if anybody is thinking about going plant based or you are and you just need inspiration, I think it's really cool to just find people on social media in line with what you're uh, trying to do. So that's what I did. I started following, you know, On YouTube and Instagram and things like people who are doing what I wanted and it gave me that inspiration and, you know, get the meal ideas. I love like Pinterest and uh, Instagram for like I get a lot of recipe ideas uh, from those sites. Yeah, just make sure you're surrounding yourself with people who inspire you and motivate you and it'll help you stay on track. And so as for my social media, so um, I'm on Instagram as a natural grace daily. And I just I post a lot of like fitness and food pretty much. That's that's what my uh, Instagram is dedicated to. I like to try new recipes and things like that. So if you're interested in seeing that, you can find me at a natural grace daily and on YouTube. So I haven't been up on my YouTube lately, but I do have a few recipes, some cooking videos up on there at Natural Grace Daily. And I actually talk about on my YouTube while I was deployed the things that I was going through. Oh, that's (laughs) good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I help somebody. So yes. And then on Twitter, I'm uh, underscore at Natural Grace and Facebook at Natural Grace Daily as well. So yes, and I'm pretty active. I'm most active on uh, Instagram. That's you know, I want to keep up, then definitely follow me there.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much, Grace, for being on the show. We will be hiking together soon.
1: Yes, definitely. (laughs) I'm down. Just tell me when.
2: I hope this episode was helpful. Come over to my Instagram or Facebook page at Brown Vegan and let me know your thoughts. Also, be sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes to make it easy for other people to find us. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you next week.